My name is Phil Corbett from the podcast Van Sounds, and this is a podcast for Travel Nevada. It's the first part of a two-part series, and we'll be traveling the Ruby's Route, an exploration of northeastern Nevada. So buckle in, and let's take a ride. Northeastern Nevada is a remote and beautiful part of the state. And there are actually a couple ways to drive the Ruby's route. No matter which way you do it though, you will be taking some dirt roads, so plan accordingly. Whether you decide to set up a home base in the city and take day trips, or if you want to drive a full loop, either way you start in the main urban center of Elko. Travel partner Sydney Martinez and I will be driving the loop, and we figure a good place to start is at the Northeastern Nevada Museum. This road trip will bring us pretty far out into nature, so getting the lay of the land while in Elko is a good starting point. My name is Diet Mawson, and I, I'm, we're at Northeastern Nevada Museum in Elko, Nevada. We're standing right in the middle of the Wanamaker Wildlife Wing, and surrounding us, we're surrounded by a ton of taxidermy animals. I mean, there are over 200 species of animals here from around the world, and we're surrounded by them right now. There's their little rock habitats that have been built for them, and they're all looking at us, watching us right now, especially because we're the only ones in the museum at the moment. So it's really kind of awe-inspiring to see some of these animals, though, because you would never see some of these in a zoo. The museum has a couple of wings and has everything from Shoshone and cowboy history to trains, baseball, printing presses, old western weapons and dresses. But in this wing, it's a taxidermy collection unlike anything you have ever seen before. There is a giant mountain inside the museum adorned with bighorn sheep, lions, elk, squirrels, and basically anything you can imagine being on an actual mountain. And below are a bunch of smaller, region-specific displays. In this Nevada island, there's sagebrush scattered throughout because, of course, sagebrush is Nevada's state flower. Something that's kind of striking me right now is how, like, the color palette of these animals, specifically compared to, like, you know, the African animals and, like, other animals around, like, their fur and their color really matches the plants that are here? For sure. I mean, they all have, you know, animals all adapt to their environments and to the to their area so that they can survive. And so a lot of them are camouflaged to fit in, to blend in with their surroundings. Uh, we definitely have, you know, the, the browns and the sage green of Nevada reflected in this one, whereas like the savanna um, section where the lions are is going to be a little bit more of the yellow that camouflage, mixed with Nevada's huge expanses of open land, actually makes wildlife spotting here pretty difficult. It's kind of hard to see them. Like, they're not, it's not like Yellowstone, where you're going to drive down the highway and just automatically there's a buffalo right there. It's not, it's not like that. Um, the, these guys, I mean, they're very much wild animals here, and so they are going to be hidden for the most part. You might actually go camping and never see a bear, but you may see its footprints. 
but you may never actually see that animal. You just might see the evidence of it. So they're very, they're very good at staying away from people. And you just have to, you have to be really patient if you're going to try to see that, but you'll never see it if you don't go out there. You'll never see it if you don't go out there. That's probably the perfect slogan for the Ruby's Root. Nevada can be a secretive place, and that is truly what I love about it. You can drive across the entire state, and if you stay on the freeway, you'd have no idea the incredible spots that are hidden in plain sight. We leave Elko and head about 30 minutes to the town of Lamoille. It's a community right at the base of the Ruby Mountains. Nevada has a ton of mountain ranges, but the Rubies are some of the most spectacular. There is no ski area here, but that did not stop this guy. My name is Joe Royer. We're currently at the Low Yurt on the Ruby 360 Lodge property. Ruby 360 is a helicopter ski operation, and it's based right here in Nevada. The way Joe tells it, he was working at Snowbird in Utah and commuting to his hometown in the Bay Area. Every time he'd drive by, he'd think, there has to be skiing in those mountains. And can you describe the Ruby Mountains to somebody who's never been here? The Ruby Mountains are the gem of the Great Basin. The Rubies are one of 320 different mountain ranges in the state of Nevada. It makes it the most mountainous state of all lower 48 states. You know, there's one range after another, after another, after another. And it's layered. When you get up high, you can look out and you can see different layers. The Ruby Mountains go to 11,000 feet, just a little bit over. You know, 11.4, just shy of 11.4. Uh, it has a lot of peaks. It's high alpine. Um, it's not crowded. It's high desert. It's dry. It doesn't get too hot. Um, the range... Uh, the entire range from the East Humboldt to the end of the range down at Sherman Mountain is probably around 90 miles long. It's not a very wide range, although in places it can be 11 miles wide and other places it might be only two or three. So, so some places where it gets super knife edge and you're looking 3,000 feet down, 4,000 feet down. So, you know, if, if, if you, so if you have 11,000 feet at the top and Lamoille, the small t community that things are based out of, is right at six, it's 5,000 feet of relief, which is quite a bit. But Nevada being secretive and all, you do have to work for it. When you get off the highways, that is when you see the good stuff. And, you know, from the highway, from the county roads, it doesn't really look like it's any big deal. So the, the first, one of the, my first experience was I said, well, I'm just going to hike up. I'm going to hike up to that peak up there. And I thought, you know, I was young, 24, 25 years old, strong. I had a couple of oranges and I had uh, a grapefruit. And I can't, you know, I like grapefruit, but it was just happened to be there. And I, I put it in there and I don't know, I probably bought a bag of Kentucky Fried Chicken or something. And I, I took off to go up into the mountains and I started walking and it got hot. And I started walking and I'm walking and I'm walking and I'm going, whoa, I'm not getting very far, you know, and I'm walking some more, I'm walking some more. I'm eat, eating the stuff that I bought, you know, and I thought, oh, geez, 
I'm gonna have to eat this grapefruit. This is terrible. <laughs> and so uh, I got up high, and this is uh, in the Cold Creek area. And I, I, got, I started to get up high, and it cooled off a little bit. But I realized that, wow, you know what? This is not a day hike. I'm going to end up spending the night out here. So I ended up, you know, bivying, and I had a fire. And, and when I started walking out and, and just doing recon work, just looking at, at all the beautiful, hard, big rocks, and, you know, it's, it's not desert. It's, it's high alpine, beautiful. And so I started walking out and it got hot and hot. And now I don't have any water. There were a bunch of sheep in the water and I didn't want to drink it. And so the next thing I go, well, you're going to have to eat that grapefruit. And by the time I got back to my car, I had consumed all the grapefruit skins, you know. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's the, the range is, is bigger than what it looks like. Lamoille Canyon is just absolutely spectacular. It's one of those places that is 20 minutes off the highway and it is it's cool it's a paved road there's brilliant camping brilliant hiking um, there's great road biking there's beaver ponds there's fishing there's really a lot going on in the in the Lamoille Canyon area it's kind of the American way that you're gonna go from point A to point B as fast as you can so you might leave the Bay Area you're gonna to get to Reno maybe you hang out in Reno for the night and then your next stop is going to be Salt Lake City, maybe Colorado Springs, maybe Denver. And so you're looking at jamming across the desert. And I think that's one of the things that has really saved Nevada is that there is so much going on five minutes off the highway. Within five minutes off the highway, you take any of the exits going across Interstate 80 or 50 or wherever, you take a five-minute ride, you could be in for more of an adventure than you want. It's, de it's wild out there, you know, and uh, it gives everybody a place to actually, like I said earlier, to unplug. The wildness and remoteness of the rubies truly set them apart. I know we say that a lot about Nevada, and it is true, but here, it's even more true. I'm going to get into the weeds a little bit. When I make radio, getting clean nature sound is surprisingly difficult. So much of the world, even the places I go to escape, is within earshot of human noise, and with sensitive microphones you can pick up highway sound from vast distances, you can pick up generators, power lines, and even when you hike miles and miles into a secluded valley, there is a good chance you'll pick up an airplane. But in the rubies, I could find clean nature sound everywhere, right off the road. It was wild. And if your ear is calibrated just right, I swear that that silence plugs you into something bigger. Something important. Around sunset, we head back into the town of Lamoille and meet Wade Morgan. He's a local outdoorsman who grew up in Elko. We hop in his truck and head up to a green little canyon in the rubies to search for wild choke cherries. The path is lined with thick bushes on either side and aspens quaking in the breeze.
Oh, oh look! Really, Here they are. You got a really good chance of seeing them. Is that it? There's some right there too. They're everywhere right here. That one looks really dark. Is that a good one? We're looking for black. Oh. Black. Those are too young. Hi, I'm Wade Morgan and we are sitting up on top of the hill just below Soldier Creek um, in northeastern Nevada. I like those ones. You brought us up here for a reason, you know, you really like this place. Can you kind of describe what it is about here that brings you back? I think it is seclusion. I'm always chasing seclusion and, and luckily for me where I live, it's really easy to find that. It's just something that's inside of me that I have to go around the next bend. I have to keep going further and further and further just to you know know what's there I guess I think I think that's what I'm chasing just finding new places just to see what's there yeah like you mentioned silence and like the silence that comes with seclusion and comes with you know some kind of isolation being far out can you describe that silence it's like white noise it's just like the creek that we're listening to right now that that uh you know, you're not hearing a car alarm or a plane or train or, uh, you know, the, you can't hear the sounds of the highway. You're just hearing white noise. I think that's, I guess it's, I guess it's pretty loud. It still is loud, but it's, it's silence to me. That's what I mean by silence. I think that's what drives all my new experiences now is just me taking time to really look where I'm at and uh, you find beautiful things everywhere. That's the thing about Nevada. You know, everyone thinks Nevada is Las Vegas, right? Just a big giant desert. And I'm so glad to be done with that drive from Salt Lake City to Reno. There's it's just nothing desolation. But really, if they were to pull off on the side of the road, that nothing, there's a lot of, there's a lot of everything in that nothing that people don't understand. Even, even the flats and, you know, Pumpernickel Valley, uh, it looks like there's nothing there, but that place is just teeming with life that you'd never imagine. If you look just a little harder, you see the life that you completely overlooked before. And if you listen a little more carefully, you can actually hear the world around you. And for a second, at least, if you're lucky, you can be a part of it. The sun begins to set, and we head back into town. There are a couple of bars in Lamoille, but my personal favorite in the area is about 30 minutes south in a town called Jigs. The Jigs Bar is the perfect place to end the day and swap stories. Unlike the taxidermy back at the Northeastern Nevada Museum, the stuff here is a little more experimental. Sydney and I order Nevada Martinis, a cheap beer with some green olives in it, 
and chat with the bartender about the pass. A fire recently swept it, but it's out now. There's road work going on out by the reservoir, and -and so-and-so saw a mountain lion last week. Basically, if you want some news, this is where you come. And just a heads up, like the best of them, the Jigs Bar is cash only. After a day of listening deep to wind and creeks, this roadside bar is the perfect place to re-immerse yourself in human interaction before heading out to see what's around that next bend. This podcast was produced by me, Phil Corbett, for Travel Nevada. You can find more podcasts, posts, and travel recommendations at TravelNevada.com. This was part one of a two-part series about the road trip we call the Ruby's Route. If you know somebody who is considering exploring northeastern Nevada, send them a link. The intro music in this episode is a song called Sage by Reno artist Jake Houston, and the outro is by People With Bodies. You can find me and my other work at vansounds.org or search vansounds wherever you're listening. Thanks for tuning in, and see you in part two.